Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come into this house with a chance and opportunity to worship you this morning. We're thankful to be together. We offer this America for Christ offering as well this morning. An opportunity for uh, ministry outside of our four walls, ministry throughout America as a nation. We are thankful, Lord, for those who have given and continue to give uh, in that direction. Lord, we thank you for a chance to be in your house this morning. It's good to see the sunshine. It's good to be here with our brothers and sisters. It's good to worship you this morning. But we didn't come just to meet with people. We came to meet with you. And so, Lord, I ask as we look at your word this morning, as we sing your praises, that we would sing from the inside out, that we would sing from our hearts, that when we listen to the words that you have given us for today, that we would recognize where the power comes from. That the foundation of our faith is squarely upon you. Forgive us for those moments when we somehow think that it's us. For we know that you have already orchestrated the details of our lives. Silly us to think that we somehow have control over those things. As we look at your word, remind us of that foundation stone. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning's scripture is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 through 15. And I, I believe that you'll probably, some of it will sound kind of familiar. You may remember the, you've heard people talking about milk versus uh, meat, right? We need solid food, not milk of a baby. Well, that's part of this passage, but we're going to look at a little different piece of this passage today. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready, to, ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you are not, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For one says, I follow Paul. The other says, I follow Apollos. Are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what, after, what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one of you who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. 
By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation that is other than what is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what you have been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word as we prepare our hearts to sit around the table this morning. Lord, we come to you this morning and we recognize that we came with burdens. Some of us have had very rough, difficult weeks. Some of us put on a good face, a good smile. And everything underneath that and inside of us is in absolute turmoil. Some of us don't know what we'll do in the moment we leave here. Some of us have really struggled this week. And yet we hold tight to these burdens thinking that somehow we've gotten ourselves into this spot and we'll figure out a way. If we just pick ourselves up from our bootstraps, we'll figure out a way to get past it. The problem is we don't put you in the mix. We think we can do it on our own. We think we've done it so many times that we won't be forgiven, as the song says. That we're not worthy to lay our burdens in front of you. And you call us and you remind us to come, all who are weak and heavy laden or burdened, come to the foot of the cross. The problem is we have to lay down some of our pride. Our ego has to step aside. We have to recognize that we need a crutch. And that crutch is Jesus. And so, Lord, I ask even at this moment that you be preparing hearts of people that are in this sanctuary who need to recognize their need for a Savior. That the answers and that they are trying to figure out all lead the same place to a dead end. And there is only one way to peace that passes understanding, and that is through Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask now that you'd even now begin to make people feel uncomfortable in where they're at. 
recognizing their need for you. And Lord, give them the opportunity to step out when the time comes to come to the altar, to ask for prayer, to get on their knees and ask for forgiveness. That even now, Lord, you'd be preparing their heart. That they would seek your face. Lord, we ask for you to enter into our lives this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. If you would, please be seated. If you're a children, you can church. That's a pretty good crowd upstairs. Heather's a child too, huh, Heather? (laughs) Ford, well, yeah, we expect that. Good morning. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. My wife says it's going to be 60 this week. I don't know for how long. I don't think for very long, but it made her feel good. <laughs> she might die. I think she's right. I think it might not last very long, but maybe they'll get rid of some of this snow. Well, you know, we've been working on a series about the stones of life. And we've looked at a bunch of different passages, and we will look at stones uh, each and every week in, in very different uh, aspects of where stones were used and or are mentioned in Scripture. And I just want to put it uh, out there that there are stones in the back for you to grab. And I, I have seen the piles going down. That's awesome. There's some around the cross. Uh, I put a marker back there. I'm, I'm getting better. By the end of this, we'll have it figured out. But I did put a marker back there, and you're more than welcome to write on your stone. And, and if, if you lay your burden down, you're more than welcome to, to write on that stone and put it down at the, at the bottom of the cross. You're also, and I don't always tell you this, and uh, COVID has kind of made it a little harder, but I want to make mention of it this morning, is that at the end of every service, we used to do offering. <laughs> and now we do offering outside, and that's different. And we still finish with a song. And one of the, during that last song, I want to offer the altar to you. Um, I would love to come and pray with you if, if, uh, if you want to pray together. Or if you, if you feel called to pray to God on your own, you're more than welcome to come right by and, and pray to God. I want to I make sure that we're uh, making that available uh, and that I remind people because it's been a while. We've kind of done this keeping people at a distance, but that hasn't gone away. The altar is still here. And I tell you that because uh, part of the, the idea of Lent is to lay down those struggles and the, the song of lay your burden down. It, it reminds me that you know we, we sometimes need to do something physical. We need to actually step out of the pew uh, as uncomfortable as that can be. Step out and cement in our minds and in our heart that the change that we want to make, uh, we are going to give that to God. And so if you feel called any Sunday to step out during the invitation at the end, whether it's given or not, I encourage you to step out. And if you need someone to pray with you, uh, there are plenty of deacons and deaconesses and a whole lot of other people who would be more than willing to take that time and energy and talk with you.
So today we're going to talk about the foundation stone. Now, building these days is done differently than it was then. But back in the old days, they had a foundation stone. They would find one big stone, one stone that didn't move, one stone that they would start, and that would be the corner. Obviously, the bigger the stone, the better it was because it didn't move. They could work off of that. They could measure off of that. They could align everything up from that one stone, that corner stone, or the foundation stone. And today's passage is an interesting situation. The church is very young. It's very young in its, it's, it's in its infancy. And sometimes when things are in their infancy, you're still trying to sort out how the details work. It's kind of like I'm reminded of uh, Brian and Lynette Smith. Uh, you know our missionaries to the Dominican Republic. When they came the very first time, you may not remember, they were, they were young, felt called of God to go on uh, to be full-time missions. And when they showed up, they really didn't know what, they were plan- what God was planning in their life. All they knew was, we're going, we hear God's call to go do full-time mission work. We know we don't have uh, what the world would see as uh, any special gifts or talents like uh, that stick out in our minds, and yet we feel called to God. God's calling us to go and be faithful. And so they said, when the first time they came, like, we think we're going to go to Haiti, but we really don't even know that, and we have no idea really what God's going to do. We have some skills, and we're going we're gonna to use those to the best of our ability. They spent about four years praying and gathering up information, uh, understanding and discerning their call. And you may not remember, but four years later, they come again, and they share their, uh, God's plan in their life because they're getting ready to go to Haiti. That was probably two years ago. And the, dis- the difference was so distinct, it was like mumbling the first time in an actual clear, very easily and well-spelled-out idea of where God had discerned in their life, this, this is what it's going to look like. This is what your ministry is going to look like in Haiti. I spit on myself. That's ridiculous. You all right? <laughs> I'm going to have to wear a shield. We're going to have to put plexiglass yeah. Sorry, I apologize. I spit on myself. And so when we saw, uh, we saw the Smiths in November before they left for the Dominican Republic, and we jokingly were, we were talking about it to Brian and Lynette, and I said, you don't realize how much different it was as God began to discern uh, the, the plan, the mission work, the decisions in your life. And knowing uh, at the beginning you were going to go do something, but you had no idea. And then putting God in the middle of that and, and getting there and understanding where God was leading uh, their plan. Now, I don't have any idea, because it wasn't on my paper, why I'd said that. I apologize. No, I don't apologize. It's, it was there for a reason. I want to talk about the foundation, uh, which is this. Oh, I know. Um, Paul, I know why. Paul was trying to start a church in Corinth and... Things were going kind of rough. They knew they needed a church. They knew there were believers, but they were very young and infants. And this is the passage where he talks about milk versus meat, right? He says, 
I, I want to give you the meat, but you can't hardly handle the milk. And some of the people in their, in their, uh, in their church came to Christ through Paul. And some of the people came to Christ through Apollos. And so, and, and so what they had was these, literally, they had factions of people who were like, well, I believe that Paul's the man. And so I follow Paul. And this side would be like, well, I came to Christ through Apollos. And so I, I believe in pa- Apollos. I believe he's the guy. And Paul's like, wait a minute. Time out. Time out, Christian church. You're missing the point. There's one foundation one foundation, and that's what you need to lean on. It's not me, and it's not Apollos. And we know that passage, right? He says, I may have planted the seed, and Apollos may have watered it, but who made it grow? God made it grow. And so he's, in, in very simple terms, is reminding them that I'm just a man uh, being led by God. Apollos is just a man being led by God. And he reminds him that Jesus is our foundation. Jesus is our foundation. This is the verse. It says, I follow, one says, I follow Paul. The other says, I follow Apollos. Are not they mere men? Church, it sounds really simple. And yet, sometimes, we actually do believe that we save people. That we do enough in ministry to make it happen. That doesn't mean we don't do good work for God. But in some ways we think that we were the one who led someone to Christ. Or that it's all about us. You want to make me nervous? Start talking about some highfalutin preacher and, and, and taking his word over God's word. First, first red flag for me with people. If I can't go back here and find it, I, I, I love reading and I read a lot of books, but I'll tell you, this is where you need to spend the most time. Because those other books, they're not bad, but just remember that there's someone who read this and now they're trying to interpret it. That's not all bad but make sure you go back to the source because the foundation, our foundation is Jesus. That's where the rock is. You know the song, uh, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand? You know that one? If you're, if you're a little older, you might know that hymn. Does anybody know what the original, I love the original title. I, I, this means has nothing to do with the sermon, but I love it. A guy by the name of Edward Moat, 1834, wrote the, book, the song On Christ the Solid Rock. Here's what the original, this is why it would have not been famous had he not changed the title. The, the original title was The Immutable Basis for a Sinner's Hope. <laughs> that was the original, I'm like, mm. On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, yeah, that's way better, right? And now it's famous, but it wouldn't have been famous with, what are we singing today? Hymn 700, the immutable basis for a sinner's hope. The words in the lyrics, the lyrics didn't change at all, but the title did change. And that comes from, uh, from a parable you may remember from Matthew, where Jesus is telling him, whoever hears, whoever hears those sayings of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
And that rock is Jesus Christ. And you know the other half of that parable, right? Where did the other guy build? Sinking sand, right? All others are sinking sand. No, easy, no more uh, plainly reminded than when you grab a pile of sand that's all wet in the ocean and put it by the water and what happens? It runs through your... It won't even hold up. You can build a nice snowball with it. But as soon as the water hits it, it's gone. Church, there is only, the only growth that's real growth is growth that leans and is on that foundation of Jesus Christ. In our personal lives, the only growth we'll experience is our growth in Jesus Christ. It's not reading the next self-help Christian book or the next top 10 uh, video series. It sounds so simple, and it is simple. And yet we try 50 different ways to get around it. Our foundation has to be on Jesus Christ. That does sound simple. And yet, we try really hard to find this magical way. It's not that hard, but it takes discipline. It takes discipline to get into this word. It takes discipline to wear out your Bible and have scratch marks and scribbles and all those things from all those moments where God has shown up. This is building your house upon a rock. There is no shortcut. That's what Paul is telling them. Listen, you can just because you like Apollos' preaching better than mine or you like mine better than Apollos, Neither one of those are where it's at. Focus on Jesus because He's the foundation. He's the foundation of your life. If you want to change your life, if you're tired of those burdens that you've carried in and out of this church week after week after week... I, if, if we could only have a way to make like an illusion where we would have a way to know how many burdens we carry in and out each week, there would be drag marks down this aisle to your seat and back. All those burdens. The joke is we come in and we smile, we dress nice, and everybody thinks everything's good, right? Too bad I was married and had three little kids at one point. And the joke is this. We used to, I used to be so frustrated. We couldn't get everybody to, I want, if I wasn't 10 minutes early, I was late. And I would, I'd be in the garage. My wife's like, probably saying you're an idiot because why don't you just help me get the kids ready, you know? <laughs> That's why I barely can get myself ready. But I sure as heck don't want to be late for church. The best part is, then you grumble and fight all the way here, right? You, you know, right? Yeah, Veronica's laughing because it might have happened this morning. <laughs> Not today? Good job, Veronica. <laughs> You've been there. You barely get them all in. 
You barely get to the church. They're usually trying to throttle each other in the back seat. Then you get to here and you're like, all right, guys. Yeah, everybody get out of the car and make nice. And if you look cross-eyed at your brother, I'm going to beat you when we get home. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know. Jesus is our foundation. Make him your foundation. You've carried so many burdens in and out of this church so many times. The burdens of anxiety and depression and frustration and anger and sorrow and working too hard, not communicating not feeling healthy. All these burdens that we carry in and out every week. God says, lay them at the cross and let me take care of them for you. No thanks, God. I got it. I got a big trunk and I'll put it in the back and I'll bring it back next week. He says, Lay your burdens down. There's something to be said about the maturity of understanding that we don't have it figured out. I love when people say that Christianity is a crutch. You're absolutely it's right, it's a crutch. Because I need a crutch, because I can't do it on my own. Pride is the thing that makes you believe you can figure out how to do it on your own. That somehow you're good enough. That you've tipped the scales, the 51%, that God will think you're all right. The scripture is very plain. It says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's that simple. And somehow we think, well, if I don't read that one, I'll just read a different one. Or if I do more good than bad, then I'll be all right. And every time we do that, we put Jesus not on the foundation. Our faith is on our own works and our own abilities and what I can do. And if I treat someone nice or if I give enough money, if I, if I say something nice or I don't get mad at someone when I'm driving or whatever it is, the foundation is Jesus. And there's no substitute. And when we're sharing our faith with people, we need to help them understand. Our foundation is on Jesus. It takes work. Mature faith is work. He says, I planted a seed, Apollos watered it. But what was important was neither of those. It was God who makes it grow. God who makes the seed grow in our lives. See, sometimes we get so hung up on me. We get so hung up on me. What do I need? Let 
you know, recognize that we are a cog in God's plan. One of these gears. Maturity understands that we have a place and we have all been gifted. I want to explain to you, maturity is not I'll beat myself up uh, bloody so that I can't serve God. It's not that. You're, it's okay to be good at things God has gifted you with. We all have gifts that God has given us. Maturity is understanding that I have some gifts and there's some gifts I don't have. God wants me to use the gifts I have. He wants me to grow in those things. So let me tell you a little story. Some of you probably may have already started or may be starting your plants for this year. You might have them under lights. And the end goal is what's on the right, right? But unless those are nurtured from that size to there, you know what you end up with? Some spindly old plants that look like this. That's how my tomato plants look. Let me tell you a little story. My dad, my dad, he's awesome at growing plants. Every year, he's, he's probably, I haven't been down there, but he's probably started his tomatoes already. So they're probably up like this. And he does about twice as many as he needs. And I'm the lucky recipient of a few extras at the end of the, at the year. Every, and I get the same tomato plants my dad gets. Same exact tomato he has a certain seed. He plants a certain seed. He might take the ones that are a little bit bigger, but I don't think so. I get the seeds. I get the nice little plants about this tall, about the end of May. His plants are about that size at the end of May. But something very different happens with his garden and my garden. You know what happens? I wish that's all the taller they got. His get eight feet tall. And if you want to, you can drive by his house. People drive by his house, stop, slow down, and look. His, his plants grow eight feet. He has to put stakes, metal stakes in the ground and wire his tomatoes up. No lie, every year. And I'm sure it'll be that way this year. I think he says he waters 30 gallons a day. I don't know. It's ridiculous. He loves those things. I think he loves them that high. But. So I got the same plants dad has. My plants... Barely get like here, you know. That's a good year for me. Dads are eight feet. Dad's plants are this big around at the base. And he grows tomatoes. He weighs them. Last year he had a bunch, uh, some on over two pounds a tomato. Him and Ed Savita don't even know each other, but they have this competition. <laughs> I go to Ed's, and he's like, yeah, I had one, two pounds, four ounces, or whatever it is. I'm like, so I go to my dad, hey. He doesn't know, Ed, but I know somebody else, dad. You better get it going. You know the difference? One person, my dad, takes the time and energy and effort to make them grow. One person, me, doesn't. Same plant. That's exactly the same plant. But if I were to put my plant next to his plant, you'd be embarrassed of the kind of person I, the grower I am. 
Because dad's tomatoes are awesome. He's taken the time and the energy and the love and put all those pieces together. Mom says he goes out two or three times a day just to make sure that if a new weed came up, that he'll get it before it's a day old. She's like, Where's... he's out there checking to see if there's any new weeds this morning. <laughs> he's done the work to mature the tomatoes. And it reminds me that we have to do the work to mature our faith. If you want to eat the meat, you have to do the work to mature your faith. It doesn't come the other way around. Some of us think we can go the other way. I'll figure out how to eat the meat. I just need to get the meat. It's not how it works. God's like, mature your faith, then I'll give you the meat. Finally, if you're not building on Jesus, you have missed the boat. He says, listen, if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If anyone builds their foundation on gold or silver or costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, Pick some of those and build your foundation on them. And then I'm going to burn it up and see what happens. You know what happens when you burn gold, when you melt gold? It refines. All the slag and the nasty stuff comes up and gets more pure. Same with silver. What happens if you burn wood or hay or straw? It's gone. Poof. He says, listen, you can build on whatever you want to build on, but don't expect it to last if you build it in the wrong place or if you build it on the wrong uh, substance. And it might not show up on Sunday morning in church, but it will show up when it's refined by fire. See, the problem is us. It's a great, this is a great image. I love this image. It's from uh, Proverbs 14, 12. It says, there's a way that seems right to man. In the end, it leads to death. This one just happens to have money. But there are so many traps in our life. Busyness, money. Just lots of things that get in the way. Sometimes we think we can fulfill that hole in our life. Probably remember this. I used to have a buddy that had, he who dies with the most toys wins. Uh, This is a, a little bit of a change. He who dies with the most toys still dies. And my favorite picture of the week. Having all the equipment. Now this is the way I think you should work out. Not going to lie. <laughs> kind of liking it. He's got two weights in his hand. He's, got, he's sitting on the exercise ball. Right? I 
We know how this would work out, right? If this is how we're working out to do that ex- to do the 5K run in June, it's not going to end well, is it? We have to get up and actually do it. And so it is with our faith. I have to ask you, what are you building your life on? Have you put your faith in the only thing that matters? The only stone that matters. The only stone that will last for eternity. That stone is Jesus Christ. We sat around the table, did communion to remind us that Jesus is the reason we come to church on Sunday and we have a faith and we have a relationship with Him. If you're building your life on anything other than that, you are missing the boat. Because he who dies with the most toys still dies. There's only one way out. There's only one hope. One Savior. And He is the foundation stone. If you haven't made that decision in your life, if you've wandered in and out of this church, I don't care if it was one time or a hundred times, and you haven't put Jesus first in your life, You have missed the boat. I don't care if you're a member of the church or not a member of the church. I don't care. I don't need to know the details of the behind. Here's the reality. If you don't have Jesus in your heart this morning and you haven't allowed him to be a part of your life, you've missed it. You've put your house on sinking sand. The foundation won't last if it's not on Jesus. I'd love to spend some time talking to you about it. I got all kinds of people who are believers in Christ who would love to share their testimony. Church is chuckled full of Don't leave here this morning. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to get right with him. It will not fix everything today, but it will get you on the path to getting what's important and what's right in life in the right order. Because up until now, you've done it backwards. You thought you could make it work. And yet, you drug in that burden again this morning. You have a choice. Will you drag it back out the door? Or will you leave it at the altar? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning's word. We thank you for the foundation stone in which our faith is built. We're reminded, Lord, that we are sinners saved by the grace that you have offered the grace of the sacrifice of Jesus. We thank you for your word. In your name we pray. Amen.